0: um all right well should we hop into the show let's do it dude, guys what's the responsibility of a marketer oh man the responsibility just, of a marketer i was just thinking that in the shower today i was like what is
1: the responsibility dude so, brandon i actually every morning i wonder what's brandon thinking about in the shower right now <laughs> so i'm glad you that. that was that, today's
0: that was today's shower thought was what is the responsibility um, I'm trying to see hold on here the so here's what, here's why I was thinking about it I was listening to an interview well I was, I was half listening and then half reading like kind of show notes so to speak there's this marketer I follow he's the uh, it's Matthew kobach kobach whatever uh, he's like the head of social for the New York Stock Exchange and since this quarantine stuff he's been going live on Instagram like once a week like Thursday nights and he'll just interview one-on-one someone else who's like a professional marketer and they just talk about whatever their expertise is so uh you know influencer marketing how to do affiliate marketing and it's it's not really how to do it's just like their experience really they're pretty good conversations he, he's a good interviewer it's not even his job he's just like naturally good at it uh, and one of the recent conversations he had with a woman and they were talking about uh, diversity in marketing which is obviously a big uh, subject right now. And as I was just kind of going through the show notes like, and I was looking at like what people were really tweeting about within the conversation, there was one of the things where she was saying how if you go and you Google white man, and then you go and you Google black man, when the black man, you're going to see a lot of mug shots in the, um, Google images. And then the white you're not. So I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. I, I got to see this. And I, enter, I I went and searched it. And I even double checked this morning and it's like the opposite. Like the white man was mostly mug shots. And the black was, I think there was like four mugshots within the, above the fold on my monitor. But but she was saying that um, it's it's the responsibilities, it's the responsibility of marketers to change that, which then got me thinking, not necessarily about this particular issue, so to speak, but what is the responsibility of a marketer? Because when you're hired for a company, right? Like 97 floor hires me, my job primarily is to bring in more leads for the company, right? Uh, and then also to elevate the brand of 97th floor. Those are like the two big responsibilities that I have. It was never, hey, we also we need you to change uh, public perception on X issue or we need you to push on this. However, when, from a public perspective and within certain groups within the marketing community, it seems like there's this growing pressure for marketers to go beyond sell product X uh, and also to, we need you to push this and this and this. Which is, is just interesting, right? And so it, it got me thinking. Like, I don't know, I'm trying to think. Like, obviously, with all the issues going on right now, I'm looking at okay. Let's say we're a marketer and we go back to um, we go back to when like slavery was in full force in the country, and, and you're marketing some bread company, right? And I don't know. We'll say TV exists, but I guess this is before even TV, but maybe it's print magazine and you decide because you're like, man, this slavery stuff is really wrong. Like uh, we should not be pushing this, but I got to sell bread. And so your your job as a marketer, if you're going by today's pressure, is I'm going to make the main character of my bread ad an African-American man. And because I think that's the right thing to do, we need to show you know equality and whatnot. There's a high chance that your bread company is going to get destroyed because you're going against this huge status quo, right? Like you're doing something that you yourself know is right um, but public perception at the time or at that time is very very different right and so i guess that's where it's that it's that interesting balance of is like i don't know like where are what wh- where does the responsibility lie for a marketer like are we responsible and we've talked about ethics marketing and stuff like that before i feel like this is a little bit different to of my our, favorite topics there's there's being ethical and there's not being ethical right like that's i feel like a little bit more black and white versus I as a marketer, or we as a company—well, me as a company, maybe is different—but like we believe something that's 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 different than society. Um, is it our responsibility? Like we can choose. Ben and Jerry's chooses to go and take a lot of social issues that are very important to them, and they push that, and they and they and they grain it into the product, and it works. Um, is it Ben and Jerry's marketing team's responsibility to do that? I don't know. That's where I'll kind of—that's where my thoughts. That, that was just a thought going through my head. I'd love to get like any knee-jerk reactions that you guys have on that, if there are any. <laughs>
1: I, I only have two knees, but I have more reactions than that. All right, fair enough. Let's hear it. Um, I, I, as you were talking, different, th- different things kept popping into my head. One was, uh, is a marketer, is their responsibility, does their responsibility go beyond that of what is dictated by the company. I mean, you mentioned Ben and Jerry's. I imagine Ben and Jerry's, the top leadership, puts upon the marketers the responsibility of pushing forward their message. Mm -hmm. But other companies don't have that same mentality, and some marketers don't have the power to do what they think is right. Uh, An example of that, well, maybe this isn't a great example, but it's more another question to add to your already well thought out question. We're in a situation, well, I say we, I'm in a situation where I look at data on Vivent Solar's website and I, there are four ways someone can become a lead. They can call in, they can submit a form, they can chat in, or they can go through an e-commerce flow with a shopping cart and kind of do it themselves. <clears throat> well, if you look at the conversion rates of each, a call converts way higher than anything else. And then it goes form and then chat and then e-commerce like e-commerce is like to to give you an an idea the conversion rate on a call is like 6.38 percent, and on e-commerce it's 0.37 okay so if i ask you which of those would you make more prominent the obvious answer would put a phone number everywhere well if you look at the website it's way more form-centric in fact even the e-commerce flow it has a more prominent spot so this question is coming up in my mind where Um, I'm saying as a marketer, I'm saying it's my responsibility to acquire new customers. So I uh, logically, I'm going to take the highest converting method, which is a phone call and make the website call centric. But there are some, there are other people in the company and around the world, I imagine who say you should put the channel that is most wanted by the customer? What does the customer want? Do they want to submit a form? If most people want to submit a form, then you should put a form out there rather than a phone number. So I think it falls in line with what you're saying is, what's a marketer's responsibility? And this isn't a moral thing, this is should I put in front of people what they want or what they think they want or should I put what converts better? Does that make sense? Even though most people want to form, I know that if I put a phone number before a form, even if they want to form more, they're going to call because it's, it's more prominent, it's more, it's more available. So, Do you put the customer's wants first or do you assume that they uh, don't know what they want and put a phone number because that converts better and it's better for the business?
0: Yeah, but do those rules change though, when it comes to, because at the same time, your job as a marketer is to change public perception, right? Of, I mean, specifically the product or the brand that you're working with. You want to change people who either don't know about you to change them to know about you, or they don't like you and now they like you. Like that's part of your job as as a marketer is to change public perception. Um, does that bleed into Issues because you're still talking within the realm of your company, right? So maybe you're using that as the rule of thumb, saying, "Well, that should just be how it applies everywhere." Which, in that case, is our job to is, is our job? To, it, sorry, gosh, is our job to be more of a mirror of society? Like, if I'm going, if I'm diving into TikTok, there might be a trend that I think is really, really stupid, but people in that world love that trend, even though I think it's a really stupid trend. Is my job as a marketer to change their perception and say, no, your trend is stupid, here's a better trend? Or is my job as a marketer to understand how these collective, yes. this group That's of people are thinking and I go in and I, I talk like them, so to yeah. speak,
2: right? I think you need to do, it, like going back to Jacob's example, you need to do what the customer wants, but not necessarily what, um, like what they want is to have solar panels or to learn more about solar panels. And if the way they want to get there is through a form, but you know the better way to get there is through a call, then you're actually helping them get what they want, even though it goes against what the numbers are saying they want in that moment. So all the ultimate like end result is what they want, and you're helping them achieve that through ways that they might not have identified without your help.
1: Yeah, in most cases they want answers. They have questions, right? right? And if the nope. best way to do that truly is a phone call, even if that is not it what
2: is. if even if a phone call is not truly what they want, at the end of the day what they actually want are answers to their questions and if phone call is the best way to do that, then then you should push them to do a phone call. Yeah. So I'd say it's it is about what they want, but uh, I don't know that people are always the best about I don't know. Best, I guess, identifying exactly what they want. Although, I mean, to Brandon's question, um, I think as marketers, it does it matters. Like, it doesn't matter at all what we think personally and what we think is interesting or cool. Uh, what we need to do is understand the landscape in which people are living, and respond and communicate in that landscape so that we can be effective marketers. If we're totally, you know, if we think Hey, everything that's going on is so dumb, and then just we ignore it, and and you know we 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 don't address it in any way to a lot of people. Again, it depends on who our market is. That's gonna come off wrong, and and so we're not doing a good job as marketers. So, uh, I, I think you were right in your second statement that our job is to understand what people are thinking and and talk to them uh, where they are. So going way back then to the original
0: statement in this interview I was listening to, which there's a lot of really good stuff in the interview um, of of the statement that it's, it's marketers job to change what's going on because in this person's eyes, they're looking at this saying, this isn't fair. Like when I type in one accurate one, I did see, I think, and um, it was, uh, if you type in professional haircut, it was a lot of uh, white males, well-groomed suits, like, you know, your typical, models that you see in all these big magazines. You type in unprofessional haircut. It was a lot of African-American men with like weird hairs and stuff like that. A lot of people will say, marketers are responsible for changing this. Google, you could say, is really doing their job of mirroring society, right? Like that's their job is provide information. When you type in something, Google is going to show you, here's what the world thinks on this
2: subject. Sorry. Yeah, they're capturing
1: intent. And in most cases, when someone searches for that, they're serving up what people are looking for and and not necessarily what uh, Google so, themselves would would serve up. Not, I guess the I greater mean, question is just... that not
2: really. That's what they're trying to do. But the images that are ranking are not because that's what people are looking for. It's because either that's, that's the sh- only image, it's properly optimized. It happens yeah. to be on a site that has someone doing SEO and the other sites don't. Uh, it has links to it for whatever reason that has nothing to do with the actual image itself. So I don't know that Google actually does a good job of returning things that people actually want to see. It tries to do that, and that's its. never I think in most goal. cases
1: it does. That's what. That's the whole. That's the. They've been yeah, doing it for twenty years. But the fact years. is, and that's, I that's mean, what they've been trying. The to fact do for is 20 that 20 you said most cases. So I would. I would argue that in it. most cases it does.
2: Right, and that's my point. Is most cases it does not. So why all are you disagreeing? Time. Because you're making it sound like they're returning results based off of people's interests, which is not true. I absolutely think that's true. No way, man. Like there, yes. an article does not rank higher just because people like it.
1: It ranks it's higher in, because no, it has built, links, because it, it has ra- it, no, shares or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's part of it. But if it ranks and then people are going to it, and then they, we've talked about this, they pogo yeah. stick or, or think. But you started off with at saying that.
2: if it ranks. What if it like it has to have it has to rank
1: first for Google? Well, to be obviously able to measure most whether pages like are it. not ranking, right? Ninety-nine percent right. of pages don't rank. The pages that do rank are likely the ones Google cares about, and they're the ones that for twenty years have trying to optimize for intent. Mm-hmm. I think in most cases they're serving up what people are looking for, and people find what they're looking for on the. I, I would argue that over ninety percent of the time, someone types something in, they're finding what they're looking for first yeah, try.
2: I think you're right, but my, my point well, is well, it's you're only 90%. Me of, saying, of saying that that's not, that's not true. No, no. I'm accusing you of saying that the reason it's ranking is because people want to see it. I
1: think, I think in most cases they're mutually exclusive. Sure. People, but I, part of but optimizing just is because no there, it's not intent. the cause.
2: It's not the cause is all I'm saying.
1: I think if it's, there's a piece the of cause. content. What,
2: how's that? The, how how do they even measure that before they even know the other ranking signals? So brand new well, piece of content, Google's as soon never as seen before. Yeah, as soon as something people want to see it, people
1: are interacting with it, and that interaction changes its rankings. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I think recipes I, are I mean, a perfect example of this. And, and I, I I honestly think we're getting nitpicky at each other. Where I think we agree that in most cases, Google is serving up what people are looking for.
2: People are not looking for unprofessional hair, when they search unprofessional haircut, they're not necessarily looking for African Americans.
1: It just happens well, to be. We don't know that, but I would agree, but we don't know that. You're right, we don't know that, but I, I don't think that's the case. I don't think it's the case either. How? So I, I think
2: as marketers, it's not our responsibility to change, go out and change Google results. I think it is our responsibility to say like, if our market contains, People of different ethnicities or whatever represent that in our marketing. And if uh, I think sometimes people unintentionally uh, uh, stick to like one demographic or whatever when they rep, you know they have these three models and those three models happen to be white dudes and and then they take all their pictures and they have great SEO and they rank. I think the mistake was not the, the mistake was not uh, uh, getting those images to rank. The mistake was at the beginning, which is. Hey, if you' you know if your market is is more diverse like represent that
1: in your marketing. Um, so here's my here's my question like Google is not racist like it's not like the algorithm has racism built into it, although I don't know maybe it does. I'd uh, be a I can't breaking story well no there's yeah, there's of. been a lot of talk about the
2: algorithm being racist over the past couple of years.
1: Well yeah and I wonder I wonder how that is. I mean this is a good example where it's like unprofessional <clears throat> haircuts. Google is built on just like you said, optimized websites so if those websites are optimized for those images like how 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 is it that google would be built to show uh, african-americans hair based on on unprofessional haircuts
2: yeah i think i I don't think that is an example of google's algorithm being racist um
1: one example
2: was
0: uh i I, am pretty sure this is real i don't believe it's a meme it, and I bet you guys remember it when I say it, uh, there was, there's the images of someone typing in uh, white man stole my car, and then Google suggests was like, did you mean black man stole my car? And then that was screenshot and it's like, oh look, Google, Google's, the algorithm is racist. Is the algorithm racist or is it simply being a mirror to saying look, more people statistically are searching this word yes. versus that word, Yeah, yeah. I, and so I, is I it a reflection
2: on society, not necessarily. Yeah, I don't think that's an example of the algorithm being racist. I, I, I think it's way harder to identify than those simple cases where the result ends up being something racist, but what we're talking about is the formula that goes into it is unintentionally, I think almost always unintentionally racist. So, uh, i I'm going to make up a hypothetical scenario because I don't know a good example of this, but like if, for example, part of uh, You know, white culture was to link and share links with each other and part of black culture was not but to do, you know, to share something on Social or whatever and then they write in their algorithm that the number one most important thing is links and we're not going to count at all social Right. I'm just making up like this is totally out of left field. But in that sense then you'd, you'd be favoring ranking signals that are inherently more popular in one demographic versus another, and, and the results that come back are then going to reflect that and, and kind of give a boost and advantage to one. So, I don't know, of like, because, you know, I mean, we don't know all the intricacies of the Google algorithm, but that would be an example of the algorithm itself actually being racist, and again, unintentionally. Uh, uh, so... Those are those are the those are the more like difficult things to like find and recognize. Um,
1: yeah. Plus, Google is way more complex than that. Meaning, right, right. In that specific location where that search was made and it auto-corrected to "black man stole my car," there's likely other areas or locations where the opposite would be true. Potentially. So
0: then the question is, is it okay to sacrifice? short-term, maybe long-term sales to push something that you feel is more important. We talked about, I mean, the dumb example is like a bad bad TikTok trend and you're trying to go in and start a new trend, right? A more real situation is, you look at the the technology field, right? One of the big pushes is, we wanna get more women uh, into technology. Is it a matter of uh, women naturally are less interested in tech than men? Or is it that women, maybe and and there's a lot of studies that show there's truth to that is the reason that's true though um, is because they don't see a lot of role models in tech so again marketers job you're shooting a commercial or um, you're doing something maybe I'm selling a a fitness I'm I'm, I'm a weightlifting fitness brand and traditionally we always just have like a bunch of white dudes whatnot I'm thinking we need to get some more women in here even though most of our customers are men and that's like 95% of our audience we need to start stacking our commercials with some more women. I, I, I went from tech to this, but uh, I feel like it's an easier example just with going with staffing versus shooting a commercial for more marketing purposes. But um, data might suggest that if we have women lifting the weights and like the, and there's a guy in there and whatnot, we're not gonna sell as many as when we have like three muscular guys working out. Um, so that's I think that's a good example of, I'm gonna sell more because my audience who right now is predominantly male, uh, when they see other males working out, they're like, yes, I wanna, I wanna buy that equipment. When they see women working on the equipment, they don't identify as much. It may or may not pull more women in, which I'm, I'm assuming that's the goal of stacking more women in to expand the audience. But if you're consistently seeing, maybe after three commercials that we're not seeing anything, we're actually losing sales, even though you know Well, we need to get more women interested in this because I believe or our company believes this is for the greater good to do that. Uh, Again, maybe this is a bad example, but I feel like that's an example of sacrificing short term, potentially long term sales to push something that you believe or that society believes um, is is the greater thing. Right. And that's, that's where I think it's, it's interesting to define the audience. Like Paxton, you mentioned like you've got to know what people are thinking, right? The world has a different ideology than just your audience. Is it our is there our job to just understand our audience or is it to our job to understand the world? We want to expand our audience, but there's there's boundaries that you're going to hit. Like not everybody is going to be a fan or a customer. And so at what point do you stop a- appeasing a certain group in order to focus on your gr- on your group even if it mean, even if outsiders are saying, "Well, what you're doing is wrong. You need to be more inclusive on this and this and this." Again, it sounds like I'm attacking one way or the other, but like, and these are these are extreme and I get sensitive issues on, on some scales. But it, again, it goes back to that question of your job as a marketer, is there a moral responsibility to push what you believe or what society believes is the greater good, even if it means sacrificing sales for your product within your world and your fans, if that makes sense. Target made a big move years ago, right, where they're, I think they were one of the first companies to feature two men on a Father's Day ad, and they got a lot of praise for it, and they got a lot of criticism for it, right? That was the marketing team, I'm sure, internally talking about we could potentially take a big hit. We're doing something that we feel is important to our brand. We're going to push this. Uh, We may lose customers who are offended. We may gain customers on the outside. Um, Is it, again, that was their choice as a company and that's whatever they want to do is whatever they want to do. Was that their responsibility as marketers to push that? Or again, is their job just to understand it? say, okay, well, most people at this time aren't comfortable with that kind of lifestyle. So therefore we as marketers who understand the world, we're just going to stick with what people want. They made the choice to kind of go against the grain at the time and say, we're going to feature this, which is a different lifestyle than what most people at the time are comfortable with um was again what they did was what they did and that's their choice there was no wrong or right answer there it was if it were was that their responsibility actually you know, i don't know
2: that they went i mean what was it two years ago you said no it was more than two
0: years it was like it was more like that feels like two. 2013 or 14
1: i mean it's a different climate then even now But like now like there's i mean yes there's no? a lot of You're asking a yes or no question, but it's more complicated than that. Like it's a, it's a either yes and then explain something or a no, and then explain something. Uh, When you ask what a marketer's responsibility is, first of all, we don't know if it was the target marketing team that did that, or if the CEO said, Hey, do this. Sure. In which case is it the responsibility to listen to the CEO or not? Right. I mean uh, so, so, so there's that. Here's my opinion. And I guess that's what you're asking for. Uh, I don't think it's a marketer's responsibility to do anything other than uh, build the business, acquire new customers. Now, in acquiring new customers, there are questions like that that come up, right? Sure. Uh, I don't think, well, I'd say in in most cases, there, and there are probably some French cases that I would agree with. Um, in, in fact, like the target thing, I, I like that, I like that, that, uh, and there's motive behind it. I don't know, but I would say in most cases, if the question is, do we take a hit because we feel morally obligated to do this thing, I would say no. Don't take a hit. I I think there's uh, other things
2: to consider too. It's not um, about marketing's impact on a business. Obviously, um, there's the effect on the the market and sales and and all that. Uh, But there's also a longer term, potentially, yeah, probably longer term uh, effect on the culture of a company, which will affect all the existing employees that will affect who comes to apply at that company in the future. So like hiring prospects, Um, you know, if you position your company a certain way and you know, just using that as an example, if you say, if you communicate, Hey, everyone here is welcome. Everyone here is included. You belong here. Um, like that could have a positive effect on their culture that would outweigh any costs associated from people who are angry about that kind of messaging and and it could go It could swing the other way. And, and you know, maybe there's a bunch of people who are like, "Ah, I, I used to love target working at Target, but I can't get behind this message. And, you know, I don't know, it could change, but so there's, there's, there's marketing
1: has big impacts beyond just, uh,
2: the, the initial commercial impact.
1: Yeah, you're right there. I mean, there are costs associated with turnover, which when weighed against the costs gained or lost with any marketing campaign as seen holistically, it may be a, a net positive outcome when not just focused on marketing cost. Sure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's tricky. Uh, people
2: with the microphone have, uh, a lot on their shoulders in terms of like, what, what is their responsibility to the world and, and, and using that microphone, like what are they supposed to do with it? You know? And we, as marketers, it's kind of a weird unique position where we have a pretty big microphone and we're also behind the scenes. So we're not necessarily quite personally attached to, what goes out there as opposed to like some influencer. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot of interesting moral questions, but I agree with you, Jacob, in terms of like our, like the absolute most clear responsibility that we have as marketers is to grow the companies that we work for. And if you don't like the the culture or the company that you work for, then you need to have the guts to respond and either fix it or leave. Um, And market forces should work for the better in that sense where you know if there's a company with a terrible message and terrible people that no one wants to work for them um so i don't know i don't know i don't know the, the answer to all of this but
1: i love the the philosophical stuff though i i did two google searches i did one uh what are the responsibilities of a marketer and then i added one word to the second search which was what are the ethical responsibilities of a marketer and the, the differences are, are stark and interesting. Uh, in the first, you get things like um, listen to the customer's needs, uh, track trends, monitor competition, work brand values, search and use mar- new marketing tools. I mean, just like the, the technical like job description. Uh, whereas the ethical side, which is more interesting to me, and uh, as I think about like job descriptions in that way the first one is like just a list of here are the things that you're responsible for. But as I'm thinking through it, I'd rather see the second list on a job description that has things like honesty, responsibility, fairness, respect, transparency. Uh, and the last one, which I think is is clo- closest related to what we're talking about is citizenship. It says fulfill all legal, economic, philanthropic and societal responsibilities to all stakeholders as well as give back to the community and protect the uh ecological environment yeah i think the magic is and
2: i feel like we've talked about this before but the magic is when incentives align um so like a lot of people criticize cancel culture and i think a lot of it can go too far if someone just makes a little tiny mistake and suddenly their life is ruined you know i think that that's that's crazy um but i think In America, at least, people are starting more and more, I think we could do it way more, but starting more and more to vote with our dollars. And if people truly care about equality, buy from businesses that support equality, because what that's going to do is incentivize those businesses who were either sitting on the fence or quiet or nothing. That gives them a financial incentive to change and to support that, which you could argue is, bankrupt morally or whatever, but I'm of the opinion that if you get the desired outcome, largely like in many cases, it doesn't really matter. Like the motivator, like if you're in it for money, but you're doing like, if you're doing good, but you're doing good for money, who cares? You're doing good. Uh, so, so I think if society can incentivize businesses to do what society wants it to do, that makes the job for marketers way easy because you know, there are marketers who are like, well, I I personally don't really agree with with this movement or whatever, but it makes dollars and cents for us. So let's, let's support it, you know? Um, so yeah, I I don't know. I, I think the question is though, when, when you as a marketer feel like something is right and, and there is no financial incentive. In fact, there's almost a disincentive then, then what do you do? You know? So I think the yeah, more like we're not the like marketers aren't the only party involved in this, obviously. Right. Like there's responsibility and, and burden on other shoulders. We're just one piece of the larger puzzle. Yeah.
1: Makes sense. Positive reinforcement.
0: Yeah. Well, that was a good discussion. Uh, went to uh, some parts. I love the, the heated debate on the Google search results there. <laughs> it's been a while since we've had some, some hard back and forth on the blow of the fold. That's why we yeah, got this, Paxton back on the this guy, back man. in the show. This guy over here, a little bast. <laughs> we'll have to <laughs> have a whole other breakdown, another episode on this.
1: On uh, is well, the Google yeah, other I algorithm like a racist? <laughs>
0: of,
1: well, it's a, it, that is an interesting topic. I mean, look at the demographic of who built it. That'd be interesting. I mean, I yeah. don't know if we even have access to that, but. I mean, another algorithm that is uh, like a, an
2: example of this is Sony came out with, and this is kind of an older example, with cameras. Their point and clicks that had blink detection. So if someone in the picture was blinking, it would notify you, or it would wait until you open that everyone in the picture had their eyes open. But uh, like Asians, uh, like it would kept the algorithm kept saying they're blinking, uh, and so like that that right there is an example of you when you're building the rules, you are assuming the world is this way and, and painting those pictures across the board and you're not thinking about other scenarios that don't fit in with the rules you've built into your algorithm. Right. And so those things are so hard, so hard to see um, that it takes like real effort to, to sit back and I think, there's many things that we're dealing with that, that are that fall into that that we just don't see right now. Um, so yeah, that that's an example, I guess, of an algorithm being racist.
0: I want say I feel like racist and lack of like lack of diversity understanding. I feel like it's two different things. I feel like racism is like an active like I am intentionally doing something, right? Versus no, like, oh, why did doing stop to
1: I used to think that.
0: Like, if I make a product that works for people with two legs, and then all of a sudden I realize, oh man, there's like a, a giant group of people who have one leg who have a hard time using this. It's like, uh, it's not like I'm no. anti one well, leg people. No. no. Okay. It's wow. not.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> it's ignorance is not an excuse. Meaning, if you don't know that you're being ra- racist, it doesn't mean that you're not racist. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, this, I, go ahead, Pax. Yeah. I, I feel like there's this has gotten like, huge amounts
2: of debate recently, but I've always believed that the word racism or ageism or sexism basically means you take, uh, uh, you assign attributes to somebody based off of their race or their sex or their age um, and apply that across the board. Like everyone who is this age has these characteristics. Everyone who is this gender has these characteristics or this race. Um, and whether like it could be for good or for bad. Like you, I mean, if you say like millennials are just so smart, that's ageist. Like you're, you're taking an attribute and applying it to everybody that is a millennial, which is wrong. Like
1: I, Not I think- Not only is we, that wrong, but that statement is wrong. <laughs>
2: uh, I mean, the thing is though, like our brains are designed to find patterns. Like that's how we survive. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we, we think, you know, you see that bush contains a berry that I can eat. And then you build this rule in your brain that that bush will always contain berries that I can eat. And for that, something that simple, that algorithm, that that works. But it breaks down when, when you get into larger society, you know, and we, we like to build these patterns of, hey, someone with this skin color is like this. And, and, and just because you see it nine out of 10 times does not mean that that is true, right? But it's just, um, I don't know our brains operate off of assumptions. We assume everything and we assume many things just to get through our day because we can't sit there and question everything. But when many times those assumptions cause harm to uh, lots of people, totally unintentional by many people, but regardless of intention, doesn't matter. It's still causing harm uh,
1: to, to others. Those assumptions. You know, I've also, I've also thought some about this Be- part part of what I've I've been thinking about is um, this is, this is one of the most uh, worldwide revolutions that we've seen in our lifetimes and probably for generations Uh, for the, uh, the, the protests that have recently been happening Uh, last week, there were protests on the same day in all 50 States and like 13 countries. It was the biggest movement in the history of mankind for any, any cause. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and I'm thinking, you know, something so big and so powerful and everyone has the hope and dreams of change happening, but we have hundreds of years uh, and generations of behavior placed upon us. Everybody does. and uh, And I was thinking, you know, even as a parent, I look back at how my dad was and my dad is a, an amazing person but growing up, he had his flaws and there were things that I hated about him as a, as a parent that uh, I never ever thought I would emulate. But as a parent, I'm emulating them. I, I get angry and I just do things that I never thought I would do but then I, it happens and I'm like, that's my dad. That's my dad right there. And guess yeah. what? It was his dad too and likely his dad. Yeah. And so we have generations of behavior and all of a sudden, there's this expectation that we we change immediately. Uh, uh, and I'm 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 generalizing here, which is something yeah. we just warned against. But uh, uh, I like I, I right now, I want more than anything for change to happen. But the expectation, we also need to ha- like manage our own expectations that it's it's taken years for us to get to the point we're at now, and it's going to take even more years for it to get better in this one cause and all causes that we ex- expect and require change. Yeah, and, uh, and, and bringing this now into marketing sector, I think it's the same exact thing. I mean, marketing and advertising has been around for a long time, but we've inherited the tools, we've inherited the behaviors from the, from the professionals before us. I mean, kind of like the professional generations of time. And it's gonna take time for us to understand what our moral and, and occupational responsibilities are As a society, and as you know, to our organization or our company, anyway, uh, all that is just to say it's going to take time. I I think one of the most powerful
2: things to help fix this, and I agree that it will take time. uh, One of the most powerful things we can do is just constantly develop, like develop the habit of asking why. Um, I had this debate with my dad uh, a couple months ago, and and I don't know how we got on the topic of parenting, but I was just like you know, I want as my goal, like whenever my kid, if I tell him to do something and he asks why I never want to say, because I said, so I want to tell him why and help Mm. him ask that question and understand why. Uh, what about the 10th? Why? Well, yeah, The, the, the reason I think it's so powerful is because, um, it, it causes us to question those traditions that have been passed down. Um, you know, uh, there's that story of the woman who we, she would cut the end off of her roast uh, every time she, before she would cook it and she would like cut off an inch or whatever. And her, her husband's like, why did you cut off an inch of that? Like you're wasting perfectly good meat. She's like, I don't know. My mother always did it. So then she asked her mother, like, why did you always do it? Why, why did you always cut an inch off of it? She's like, I don't know. My mom always did it. So then she asked her grandma, like, why did you cut out an inch off the roast? She's like, well, because the pan that I had was only this size. And I needed to cut it off so it could fit there. Um, I had <laughs> a, 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 another an actual real life example of this is uh, a nice seven floor. Um, I, 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 one day I just looked up and I saw, you know, clients that were a certain level, they were getting this, this particular number of links. And it was, it was 12 within a certain time period. They were getting 12 links. Um, and I thought like, why are they getting 12 links? And I would, I, I went and I asked them like, why, why, why this number exactly? And they came back and was like, well, when you were my manager, you told me to build 12. And I was like, well, why did I ask him to build 12? And I realized it's because Jacob, when he was my manager, asked me to build 12. And I never questioned it. I just said 12. And then 12 seems like a nice number. And I kept on going. And that lasted for years after Jacob had <laughs> left. I don't know why Jacob decided 12. It was like 12 to 15 was like the number. Um, so, so then I was like, okay, forget this forget 12, we're gonna have a way better system for determining how many links a client needs in order to be successful. Um, so it, I think if, at, as a society, if we can always ask why, like why do we open the door for somebody? Why do we stand when someone walks in the room? Why do we shake hands? Why do we, you know, like, shaking hands is an interesting one. Like, why do we even do that? You know, I, and I think it goes back to like, proving you don't have weapons or something, which is like, totally not even relevant to our society anymore. Um, But if we ask why, then we can understand the important things that should continue. Because I think sometimes we're also a little gung-ho about tearing things down that actually have a reason. We just have forgotten what that reason was. Uh, But it also allows us to tear down those things that are no longer relevant and have no place in what we want to have as a society. So just constantly asking why. Everything you do, every thought you have – ask like why am i thinking this? why did i do this? like why did my family do this growing up? That's and, and then same thing in marketing like why why are we buying ads this way? why are we even doing radio? why are we doing this? Well, you know, why like constantly asking why, that's the key to breaking loose from the chains of tradition and stagnant thought.
1: Yeah. Now, leave I it
2: totally to Paxton
0: agree. to always end us on just a good good note. Good marketing lesson. Brandon, Brandon,
2: this is the third time Brandon's tried to wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a
0: meeting I got to get to in, uh, right. in eight minutes, but this was good. If I, I say if you are uh, by chance watching or listening on YouTube, would love to hear your comments on this topic and what you think. Leave them down but below. anyone else? We
1: anyone else? Care about your screw opinion, you. Get you. Yeah. get you
0: well that's all for today folks i don't know why i'm always the one that's like wrapping it up now it used to be jacob but <laughs> dude yeah
1: I'm, I'm kind of loving it man maybe ever I'm since just, we got rid of the intro just, and stuff yeah. it's just like now brandon's like taking care of the topic and i feel I like uh, there's
0: like this youtube uh like obligation to to start it off and wrap it up but anyway did, did
2: we plan this topic is there a sheet somewhere that has topics i put right it before Slack the show before, i just, just uh, like okay. oh I didn't
0: see we, that. Could, we could talk about this anyway uh, okay thank you everybody
2: Sounds good. See you guys. Have a good day. Adios. Ciao.